Welcome to the Unleash Your Voice podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Driuso, performer and creator by nature, voice specialist and leadership coach by day. And I work with entrepreneurs all over the world to help them unleash their voice and step into the leader that they were destined to be. This podcast is an unfiltered look at what it takes to truly own who you are as a leader, unleash your voice, and get your message to the masses. Are you ready to turn up the volume on your dreams, your desires, and your income? Sweet. Let's get started. Normally what I do is I'll record a little like, this is who we have on the podcast today. But since we're in person... I think I might just get you guys to introduce yourselves. So that, is that cool? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, go yeah. for it. Who are you for those of us who don't know who you are? Well, my or name... who aren't local to us. Yeah, yeah. Well, my name is Connor Kern. I'm Dustin Paisley. And together, we're the co-owners of Local Laundry. And Local Laundry is... Uh, we're a community-based clothing company. So we do our best to allow people to represent where they come from uh, through clothing. We use our clothing as a way to share, tell stories, and build community. Uh, we manufacture all of our garments in Canada, which is super important to us. It's mm-hmm. part of kind of our core values. And we have a goal to be one of the best companies in Canada uh, and in the world at building community. You guys are already, I feel like, on your way for that too, which is really cool. I feel like everyone knows local laundry. I don't know. I Hopefully. it's well, like in specific Calgary. to Calgary. Yeah. 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 Because it is such an iconic logo that we've been lucky to create I think um, but I think also no shame in calling it iconic yeah. wow. I was going to say an iconic duo as well like I was expecting you to go there but it's okay <laughs> we're all about bragging on this podcast good okay. yeah come good. Wants to brag. Um, I don't want to I don't want to toot our own horn or anything but toot away toot toot, toot. yeah toot away <laughs> definitely I think so I think timing for us has been uh, really key I think Calgary has gone through such an interesting change in the past three years, four years since we've started. Um, I think the city has changed quite a bit. Like politically we've changed, we've gone through an accession, we've gone through all these different changes. Um, so I think it's been a really interesting time for Calgarians to really rally together. And I think our brand and that, that design that came out was just sort of at the perfect timing of that wave uh, for people to really turn in uh, and support local in Calgary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. So how did you guys, I know I know a little bit about your mm-hmm. guys' story because I met with Connor, obviously, but for those who don't even know, like how did you guys start working together? Like what's your guys' personal behind the scenes of how you got started mm-hmm. in the clothing company? Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor and I met on a blind date, actually. <laughs> And I was working for a promotion company before that, so I was working a little bit with with garments and with uh, production and printing. Um, And Connor had launched the store on e-commerce. I'll let him share a bit about the story, but it was a a mutual friend of ours said, hey, you guys should connect. You know, I think what you're doing, um, what you're both doing has some similarities. And so it was through that, that random email we met for coffee. And that was sort of our, as someone described it yesterday, our meet cute. Our meat cute? Meat cute. Meat yeah. cute. Aw. Um, but yeah, Connor, tell us how you started. Yeah. Um, so I started back in April 2015. Mm-hmm. I was studying abroad in Sweden. And um, I, I kind of just wanted to... I wanted to, to, to start a business. And I wanted to use it as a way to sort of meet other people and connect people and sort of give back and that kind of thing. And um, I 
wanted something that really represented where I came from, right? In, in particular, Calgary. And the only thing I could find online was these silly I Heart Calgary shirts or, mm-hmm. you know, an RCMP moose and cartoon moose, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> the Mounties. Yeah, 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 the silly things. You buy, you know, three from three for 20 at the airport and it's made from goodness knows where. And, yeah. And um, so I thought, you know, not knowing the first thing about clothing, design, fashion, e- e-commerce or anything, I just thought, well, maybe I could give this world maybe I could create something that really truly represents me mm-hmm. and maybe other people be into it as well and so I just did what any idiot millennial does mm-hmm. and I google searched how to make a t-shirt company watch a YouTube video you know 50 bucks later a couple hours later I had an online t-shirt company and, and you know it started out with uh, one sale a month and that one sale like drove me for every single minute an hour of my life and then you know, eventually got up to two sales two sales a month and kind of we just been figuring it out and stumbling our way ever since and then moved back from Sweden met Dustin and as soon as uh, Dustin came on board it was kind of like throwing fuel on fire and and uh, we've been making it a go ever since that's so cool and so what started you guys with the getting into the local community and really creating that momentum for your brand, I would say, because there's a lot of people who are listening who are actually either local makers or they have this big brand idea that they want to make a big momentum thing with our community. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no one knows who I am. Like, no one cares. Yeah, yeah. No one cares who I am personally or no one cares about this one product that I'm so passionate about. So what was that driving force for you guys? to get it into the community and what has really helped that momentum like continue to snowball? Yeah, that's a really great question. Mm-hmm. Um, it's building one engaged follower at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we didn't go out there and buy 5,000 followers or, you know, we didn't find an influencer with 10, 100,000 followers and gave them free stuff. It was going out and meeting people and building one engaged follower at a time and telling our story one person at a time. And how we did that was these organized photo shoots and content creations where we would get other cool businesses that were doing cool stuff in the community, other artists, nonprofits, musicians, you know, anyone and everyone that was out there creating a positive impact. And, and no one knew about them as well. And we all kind of mm. told each other's story. We kind of built our own little community. And slowly, one person by one person, you know, you if, if, if you build it, um, eventually it's going to grow into something and it's has that compounding um, compounding effect and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's been really cool and I mean you can't do it if your product is, is not there you know if you know so we've always been tweaking and making our product better and making how we give back better you know giving back and 10% of all our profits go back to local charities mm-hmm. and that's always big, been a big mandate to us and, and always tweaking how we get involved how we give back this past week we Donate over 575 toques to shelters in Calgary and Edmonton. Oh, wow. Yeah. As part of our giving toque program, which is for every toque that we sell, we donate one to a shelter across Canada. So to date, we've donated over 1,200 toques to shelters all across Canada. So it's little things like that, you know. And if so, if you're not authentic or you're not genuine, people will see right through it. But if you mm-hmm. are and you're really true to who you, yourself and your brand values and what you, what you believe in, and you just build... You're following in your community one engaged person at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, four years later, you know, here we are. And uh, we still have a long way to go, but mm-hmm. but uh, we're well on our way. Yeah. yeah. It just it takes time, right? It's, it's a really big investment. And I think a lot of people, uh, they want that instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Right? They want 
uh, they, they see a brand, you know, even local laundry, for example, we're four years in, but they'll see that and they'll want that tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think understanding that it does take a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, and it really is just that one person at a time. Uh, and the more you can invest in building those one fan, one follower, one true fan at a time, um, do that every single day, and you're going to see, like Connor said, the compounding effect of that and how that creates to building that tomorrow. Because I think a lot of people, especially in social media, you get caught up where you'll see someone or you'll see a business or a brand at some level and, you know, they're on level 12, but you're on level one. Mm-hmm. Don't expect to get to level 12 tomorrow, right? It takes time to get to each of those levels. So I think it's just always remembering that and we could look at Nike and go, oh, we're not Nike. Like, we want to be there tomorrow. Maybe Nike's a bad example, but we could look at one of those brands and think, oh, we're not there yet, but we know that it's going to take time and we know that, you know, we've got our 10 year vision to get to that point. Um, and it's really just about that day in day out. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. really cool. And it's hard, man, because we're, we're all on our phones, on Instagram all day long and we're just scrolling and we see people, you know, in similar positions as Dustin and I, maybe the same age, Dustin and I, similar backgrounds and they're doing 10 times better mm-hmm. than we are. Yeah. And we're just better like, quote unquote milestone. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, sometimes I'll just call us and I'm like, man, like we're nowhere near where we want to be. <laughs> yeah. and look at this person. And you know, there's this rage and jealousy overcomes us, but then you have to kind of take a step back and, and, uh, you know, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, you know, we used to long for the things that we have now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, both Dustin and I, we used to long for the day where we had our own business. I used to long for the day where I was, you know, working full time in my own business, you know, where someone wanted to have us on their podcast. Someone wanted to talk to us about our, our <laughs> please thing. Please talk you to know. us. Yeah, please, anyone. <laughs> you know, so like we've come a long way. There's a lot of people that would love to be where we are. And we at one point would have loved to have been where we are. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, it's it's hard because you don't want to rest on your laurels and, and be satisfied with where you are. But from time to time, you know, Dustin and I kind of just need to, to, you know, pat ourselves on the back and be like, look, we've, we've, we've come pretty far and this is pretty cool where we are. And if everything were to crash and burn tomorrow, we would still go down with a smile on our face and be like, this was the time of our lives, mm-hmm. so you know, cool. and uh, we wouldn't trade it for a day. Yeah, and I think that's really important um, with Instagram and social media. It's so funny how, especially entrepreneurs, this is so funny because like attracts like, right? So once you are in, like when I was in the theater film world, I had, my whole feed was artists. My whole feed was actors and stuff that I compared myself to. Now that I'm in the business world, it's like everyone's a coach, everyone's an influencer, everyone's that. So I compare myself that way. For you guys, being like heads of what's going to be a major company, you probably have so many CEOs that you look up to from clothing brands mm. and all that stuff that you're comparing yourself to. So a lot of people will be like, yeah, but everyone sees that they are at this level and I'm not. But no, you only see that. Yeah. And it's so totally true. an internal game. It's just everyone's on their own journey, right? And everyone has different paths and, and how we get there. No one's on the exact same path or journey. And you just gotta got to accept that you're, we're all on our own path and mm-hmm. everything's going to happen in its own time. Yeah, I compared it on my Instagram story the other day to Mario Kart. Like, do you, oh, yeah, do you, yeah. you play Mario Kart? I'm very competitive. And so I'm like, I have to be like one lap ahead of everyone. And if not, I'm pissed. Like, just so mad. And if I'm behind, I'm like pissed at everyone. I'm looking at where everyone else is. And then there's that one moment where you look up to the side and you're like, is that a different path that I can take? And then it spits you out at the front and you're like, yeah, suck us. Like, ha, eat my dust. Like, that's me. But <laughs> that's me playing Mario Kart. But I was like, that's what it's like when you finally stop looking at everyone else. It's like you find your own path and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And no one's in front of you. Like all of a sudden you're sped up, like 
fits you out at the front, no one's in front of you. Yeah. Instead of focusing on like everyone who might be ahead or might be in a different place. And I think that's super important. So for you guys, what gets you behind your product every single day? Like waking up, even the days, because of course, like this is a pretty unfiltered podcast. It's like, welcome to the shit show of life as an entrepreneur, right? But it's, how do you get yourself behind your product every day, waking up being like, this needs to be bigger than my fear? Yeah. What's that like for each of you? I guess individually and collective. Well, I think it's a great question for Dustin. Dustin's been on board since November 2015, and he's never taken a penny out of out of the company. Mm-hmm. He's never been paid once. You know, we we just give him free sweaters, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we're very we're very sparing with those. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it's a great testament to Dustin who has. A sixteen-month-year-old, mm-hmm. a wife, a mortgage, a full-time job, and still has time to, uh, to to dedicate to our product and our community. So, yeah, and I think that's maybe. super important too, because there's a bunch of entrepreneurs who still have that full-time job and might feel like, like, oh, I'm not like this person who's full-time in it yet or something. Mm-hmm. Like I know when I had like five jobs and was running my business like two years ago, I was like, oh my god, like there's so much happening. How do I stay behind my business? So yeah, like what has that been uh, like? It's, it's life. Yeah, it's tough. So I think number one is is you have to have patience in business mm-hmm. um, and in life in general, right? If you're starting something brand new or you're switching a career path, it's really hard because, again, you see social media or you expect yourself or you see yourself being further than you are, but it's being patient enough to know that this is something that you're doing for the long term, um, that you're growing and you're building and you're doing doing everything now for what will be. Um, a larger reward in the future. So mm-hmm. for me personally within the business, I completely understand that this will take time to grow uh, and to become something bigger. And, and that takes, quite frankly, it takes sacrifice to get there. And so for me, I, I haven't taken a penny out of the company because I know that that company, that, that money needs to go back into the company, be reinvested, mm-hmm. be buying new inventory and, and helping to grow the business. Um, and we've be we've been pretty sparing with our money. We're we're still we're still a small company. We're still bootstrapping. We're still uh, making every penny stretch as much as we can. And and it was similar for Connor where we came to a point where it made sense month over month that we were bringing in enough revenue to support Connor going into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some people that will say you know real entrepreneurs are ones that throw themselves into the business and they just do whatever it takes to make happen and. I agree with that sentiment to an extent, but I also am a bit more of a realist in that I understand what it takes to grow a business. I work a full-time job at a bank where I finance businesses, so mm-hmm. I see the good, I see the bad, I see the ugly. And so I've seen on hundreds of occasions how different businesses have grown, um, and there's kind of one underlying piece there, and it's if you want to grow a company, it takes a lot of money, and there is never as much money in a company as you think there is. You always see on the outside there's this perception that they've got this great brand or they've grown this great company and you sort of think like, wow, these guys must be doing amazing. And then you see business financials for a company and it's like, holy shit, they're actually, they're barely profitable. So I think that's often a big perception. And so for us, you know, we know that it, it takes money to grow a company. So for me, that sacrifice has been putting in hours to the company and, and doing everything that I do for them, knowing that eventually in the future, there will be a reward for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, don't try and be selfish. Like I know that it's just it's not gonna happen right now. It's not what it's not what is best for for the company, um, and it's not what's best for the community that we're trying to help with mm-hmm. the company. It's really cool, like to see, especially like with the momentum of you guys too. Like, eventually you will be at a place where yeah, you'll be fully supported and stuff like that. But seeing the little momentum build and build and build that must be like super cool for you guys, especially mm-hmm. within the community too. That's the coolest part. Um, 
I so we're a big fan of of Work Nicer, Alex Putici. He's uh, he's one of our mentors, um, but he he recently got a tattoo that's that says the process, uh, and he tells he tells a really fascinating story about it. But I, I sort of equate it to uh, my definition of success has sort of changed over time, and and now. Um, to my understanding, success is more about every single day. It's not about getting to a certain destination. It's more about was your day successful, right? Did you do what you needed to? Did you accomplish what you needed to? Were you happy? All these factors. And if every day you were successful as a compounding effect over time, that's going to get you to that destination that you want to. Um, But it really is about the daily things that happen and how those pieces compound. And Connor and I have a bit of a personal competition going on with that effect. But, um, yeah, it really is about, like, every single day putting the work in to get to that destination, putting your head down, and just knowing that if you are doing the right things and you're trusting the process, that eventually you will get there. Mm, but, not, but not fixating on that. Yeah, not fixating on, like, the result. But, yeah. like, yeah, the process through the result. That's been a huge thing for me, too. It's, like okay, Danielle, chill. <laughs> like, it's going to be okay. You're yeah. doing all these things just because, say, one day, it's been, like, a slower momentum. It's like, we were talking about before we hit record those days where everything good happens. Mm. I had one of those days where I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I'm, like, writing a book, and I put it out to a bunch of publishers, and I wasn't really expecting anything, but I got, like, four be- four so calls cool. back on one day. Yeah. And I was like, ha-ha, this C, like, C student over here is going to, like, going to send this book to all everyone who always failed all my essays. But it was just like, oh, this is a really great day. And if the next day isn't like that, that doesn't mean that you failed the next day. It's not like every single day is, like, the day that everything good happens. No. It's, like, those small things that compound and, like, like, build up to those days. How do you do that? Do you just find a contact at each one of the publishers, or are you just... This is what happened to me. For everyone who wants to know the story... Okay, so pretty much I decided so last year I was joking around. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna write this book. Well I wasn't joking around, it was very serious, but I was like Tell Dustin the title. Okay, so it's called well, okay, we're changing the title for everyone who's listening to the podcast. Working title. But this is the working title was Fuck Mediocre, a memoir of a badass with a good ass. And it's badass a choose your own adventure badass. novel, which is a personal development book. So at the end of every single chapter, it's like, rip this page out, go write a love note to a stranger, leave it on their car. Like, it's all based in community, and there's going to be, like, social media aspects where they're going to hashtag, I did the dare for the D. Like, oh, I'm the D, by the way, (laughs) if you missed that. So Danny, daily dose of the D. Um, So it's like, hashtag, I did the dare for the D. There's going to be, like, a huge social media media following. There's, like, a whole community thing with it. Um, And it's really geared towards entrepreneurs. And one of the other working titles that I'm working with is get your ass like get your get off your ass and into your life already is gonna be like one of the other like working subtitles or whatever, but that's what it is. And so I just for an entire year I've been writing chapters. I have like I have 18 chapters, I have eight of them done. And they've been done for a year. And I've been like working on them for a year. And then one of my friends is like, why haven't you self-published? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's just like it takes a long time, like oh whatever. And she's like, <laughs> she said one major thing to me. She's like, oh, I'm doing this. Um, this proposal writing, like, 10-day thing. You should do it with me. And I was like, oh, no, no, I'm going to self-publish. She's like, why haven't you done it? Like, oh, these, all these excuses. And she said, Danielle, I believe in you. It's time for you to believe in you, too, is what she said to me. She fucking called me on my shit. She sent me the course. She's like, you're doing this. She's like, I don't have time to do this this week. You're doing it. I finished it in three days. 
And then I had, like, so much momentum. Like, I woke up at 3 a.m. one day just, like, oh, I need to get this done. And I was like, why can't I go back to sleep? But it had a, its own gravitational pull. And I'm assuming it's, like, the same with the business. Like, when, when something is deeply aligned, you can stop it if you tried. Like, it just has its own gravitational pull. Like, you want to work for it. Like, I find myself cooking dinner or whatever and being like, oh, I need to write this chapter. I'm like, why right now? But okay, I guess yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And so then I just posted about it being like really like open with my following being like hey guess what I sat on my ass for an entire year doing this and I just finished this 10-day course in three days because it's what I should have been doing the whole time and I had like literary agents reach out to me one of my friends who I did improv with who's a stand-up comedian his name's Sean he um moved to the UK a couple years ago and he's like hey I've been watching your stuff for like weeks and I was gonna message you this week I actually am a scout for a publisher like send send your proposal my way yeah and I was like what is this and then like people just came dropping it out of the woodwork so I have a couple more meetings this week but we'll see but it all came from like I don't know why I hijacked this episode but (laughs) I'm really excited about this but it just came out of nowhere and it's something that I've been building towards but the one thing that held me back from it was being like a C student with a drama degree like I took playwriting I worked with one of the top playwrights in Canada like Clem Martini he was my personal mentor like I have a degree behind all this stuff, but it was like, oh, I got a C degree or a C in English, so it wasn't good enough. Or someone told me that, oh, you'll always be like an actor. You're not really a writer. Or like, I told myself that. Or because I was the class clown, that it's like, that equates to not smart enough and stuff. Like all of these things that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it was just like bullshit. And when I was like, oh, this is bullshit. I'm just going to do it. And came from this energy of, this was the difference, came from this energy of, this is going to be a best-selling book. You can either get on it or not. And that's okay because I'm going to self-publish no matter what now. It's like this idea is solid. So either like people can help support me in it or I'm going to just do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the energy, which Good is like a whole, whole new film. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're looking at the two biggest dum-dums. Don't <laughs> talk about grades or school-wise. Oh my God. Yeah. I got C's in everything. I actually, the only reason why I passed English in grade 12 is because I went to my professor or my professor, my teacher and I said, hey, I really don't want to write an essay, so I'm not going to do it, but I'll do a video essay and I will edit the shit out of that. And I got an A plus. And that brought me from like a 50 to like a 58 or something that I passed. Wow. Yeah, I was just like. I, uh, I didn't get accepted into college. So not university, but college. No way. Yeah. So I had to upgrade and then got into college, which was Mount Royal at the time, which then just became a university. Mm-hmm. So I got pretty lucky in getting my degree. But like it really was finding that, that fire, right? When I got yeah. to, to business school and particularly got involved in entrepreneurship, boom, I was on fire. My grades mm-hmm. went from horrible in high school to I had like a 3.6 in my first two years, which normally in the first two years of university, it's like, it goes down yeah, because you're learning. And then it goes up. For me, it was a complete opposite. You're like, I was like 3.7, 3.5. And then third and fourth year, I dropped to like, I didn't do well because I was, I found something I was super passionate about, which was entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And I'd be in a class and I would have, like, I'd be super busy. So it's like, I have emails to do for this organization I'm working for. Yeah. I'm just going to do that in class because that is actually teaching me more about what's next for me than doing homework or listening to the lecture. Mm -hmm. So I knew that if I was in a class that, like, really wasn't serving me right, if I got anything better than, like, a B, I was like, why? Like, I spent too much time in this class. (laughs) Dustin is the poster boy for Mount Royal, especially the entrepreneurship class. You can't go to any business class. You can't talk to anyone in that program that doesn't know the name Dustin Pace. He is famous at Mount Royal. 
I've met people that are like, yeah, local learner. I've heard of local learner. Oh, have you heard of? Oh, Dawson Paisley. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, are you friends with him? Never met him. I would love to meet him. Could you introduce me to him? <laughs> Who cares like, about you? We want to get to Dustin. Yeah, <laughs> he is He is the poster boy there because he was the president of Enactus. You know, oh he, he won all sorts of awards and pitch competitions. And wow. He's famous. And, and You're world. famous. Not as famous as I'm starstruck. You should be. <laughs> I'm nervous right now. Wow, I'm sweating. Okay. But that's that's so cool. And I think it's true for a lot of entrepreneurs or even like in our school system because I, I used to teach a lot of kids and people would be like, oh, like, they're just not smart in this class. I'm like, that's not even a thing. Like, it's just that they don't have passion. Yeah. So, like, you're not searching, I always say you're not searching for motivation. Like, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. You're mm-hmm. searching for inspiration because when you're inspired, you'll you'll be motivated to act. Mm-hmm. If you're not inspired, you won't be. I skipped every class to go, like, hang lights in the theater. Well, I didn't hang lights. I texted people to hang <laughs> lights for me, but I would skip to go be there. You would go to the theater. I would go to the theater. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't need to be in science. I don't need to be math. But I'd make best friends with all my teachers. And be like, hey, you want a coffee? I'll bring you a coffee if I don't come to class. I'm going to, like, I'm going to be in drama. Like, I'm not coming. And they'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll have, like, this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, it's just what you're passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. And not everyone learns the same way. And it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. school is very much, like, it is a one track. And not everyone fits in that track. And you could have one class where, you know, if the assignment was learn this and then express this learning through an essay, it's like, well, I'm not a great writer, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to do well. Um, but if it was like, okay, here's your task. You need to learn this. And then you need to report on that learning, but you can report on that learning in any way. You could write a song, you could do a video, you could write an essay. Like mm-hmm. that would inspire so many more people in the class to actually do the assignment. Oh my gosh, yes, a hundred percent. And actually, there's um, like especially in my teachings because I teach a lot of voice. It's like there's a lot of people who have been trained that they're actually not writers when they actually are, but they were always taught to write in a way that doesn't resonate mm-hmm. with them. So even me, it's like I can go up and speak a hundred percent. Like it doesn't matter. Like. I have, if I have nothing prepared, I'll go up and talk in front of however many people. Don't care. If you tell me to write something that's going to be read in front of people, oh my God, I'm shitting my pants. Like, please do not (laughs) try. Like, oh my God, yeah, I'm sweating for you, please. And it's all having to do with how, like, you are taught your worth based Mm -hmm. on what you present, like, in school. And it's crazy because it comes to adultship and then a lot of people use that in their business too they're like oh I can't write content because I'm not a good writer and it's like that's a lie like when I started writing content with um f-bombs like saying whatever I want and being like you're fabulous stop being so secretive about it and I always say like don't listen to Kendrick Lamar listen to me like don't be humble like don't sit down like brag about it and all that stuff the people are like don't talk about that that's when I got the best results because Mm -hmm. I had no filter but if I was writing to be professional, I actually have a course called Unprofessional because I don't believe in professionalism. It's completely subjective based on what, what like, career you're in, right? But that's the thing. is like when you take off the filters, you actually find that spark. And then it's like I'm writing this book and someone could go read it. And I'd be like, yeah, I wrote that, guys. <laughs> like, look. I'd probably extend it to my mom and be like, rip out pages. Put it on your fridge. <laughs> yeah. Give this to everyone who comes over. But it just all depends on how you're taught your worth based on school. I would not be a quarterly report writer. Oh my god, I would die. <laughs> I would die. My mom does my books because I can't handle the emotional stress. And then my assistant handles everything techie. So I can just play <laughs> pretty much. It's a perfect setup. And I, it really is. Like that, that's super key. That's something that we've always been uh, firm believers of. And I was talking to someone about that today is like really finding out and focusing in on what you're good at mm-hmm. and the things that you're not good at or are not serving you or are taking you too much time, like get rid of those, have someone else take that on. I think that's a really big lesson that takes business owners a long time to learn mm-hmm. 
is actually letting go and letting someone else who's, <clears throat> I think is Graham Sherman at Toolshed said, I think it was something that he was learning, but he was talking about it. And as, as soon as you can find someone that will do the job 51% better than you will, hire that person and get them to do it mm -hmm. because they can take that to another level. And then your time is then spent on other tasks. So we very early on, I mean, we had no choice. We both had full-time jobs. We had to be delegating some of the tasks. So mm -hmm. we found a production team to, to make everything. Um, they would work with the manufacturer. They would send our stuff to the warehouse and the fulfillment team. They would ship out all the products for it. So like it took us a while to get there, but we've built up this entire company um, in, in a kitchen. Mm -hmm. And with you know one full-time person now, me part-time, and then we pay two part-time as well, but I would think most companies in our position, you know, they would have a warehouse, mm -hmm. they would need staff to do shipping, like they would have a lot more um, responsibilities and overhead. And we've tried to be very lean, very nimble, and, and really focus on outsourcing those things that we don't need to be doing and really focusing on our product, our community building, and, and building out the brand. That's really awesome. Yeah. So there was, this is going to be your last question, but it's a big one. I love putting people on the spot, so it's going to put you on the spot. Okay. So if you could leave a legacy in this world as a brand and personally, what would that be? Like first, like collectively as a brand, like what is the legacy you would like your brand to leave? And then just personally, what is the legacy that you would like to leave? I think with the brand, it's, it's, it's building community. Mm. Right and building community means so many different things to, to so many different people. Build community in your own way, whether it's giving back to local charities, getting together with other like-minded people, and and finding who are passionate and finding how to make a positive impact on the community. You know, supporting local and supporting Canadian made or wherever you're from, mm -hmm. goods and clothing and food and every products from wherever you are, supporting that manufacturing and diverse economy. Um, and yeah, and just just doing cool things and doing cool shit in the community that, that has a positive impact. So that, that's what I'd like for the, the, the brand mm -hmm. legacy is like Local Honor was really uh, a vehicle to bring people together and have a positive impact in their own way and in a lot of different ways. Um, I love that. I think personally, the legacy is just any idiot can start a t-shirt company. <laughs> we're kind of living proof. You know, I think a lot of people get, I know I certainly did get so scared and you know, intimidated by starting a business. Mm -hmm. But it's never been easier to start a business. Starting a business is the easiest thing in the world. Because if we can do it, anyone can. The hard part is actually running it mm -hmm. and making it, keep keeping it going and making it survive and growing it. But starting it, but nine times out of ten, people quit before they even start. Mm -hmm. So, you know, personally, I'd love to leave a legacy. Like, go start a business, fail ten times. You know, just, just try it. You know, give up everything else. And start a business, you know. Mm. That's awesome. That's fun. That's the last thing I see. So obviously, similar in the company. Yeah. You know, we've done a lot of homework on that's what's our vision. What does the company look like? And and more recently too, since we've switched to Canadian manufacturer and we're sort of on a different tra trajectory now, um, revisiting those and, and having that conversation again about what that looks like. Uh, and I'm a little bit influenced because I just finished Chip Wilson's book, uh, Little Black Stretchy Pants, on building Lululemon. Um, fascinating book, but you know I think he talks a lot about the legacy that they were creating and the company that he founded. And um, I mean, I'm enamored by, by Lululemon and what he's done. But I, I think 
for local laundry, it's been it's been super interesting on this whole journey to where we are and the journey for Connor and I to learn about running a business, to learn about fashion. I mean, we're the two most unfashionable guys there are. Um, but also to learn about the industry. Mm. So part of the reason why we switched to Maine in Canada, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but part of it was we, we wanted to leave a legacy of not only having an impact in the community, but to build something that lasts. Mm. So not only in our company, but in our products. <clears throat> we want to be building products that are made to last. We want to stand for quality and we want to change what is currently this plague of fast fashion. And mm. look, we're all responsible for it. I am, like my socks, we're all responsible for mm. it. What did your socks do? <laughs> yeah, the Sorry. donut socks. <laughs> who, who doesn't have <laughs> no, no, you know, a pair of 10 socks for That's $20. And, and it goes beyond fashion. It's yeah. food, it's yeah. you know gear, it's you name it. Yeah. You know, it's it's everything. We live in a generation where we want everything now and we want it two days free shipping guaranteed and we want it as cheaply as possible. Yes, yeah. You know, we don't care where it comes from, we don't care the quality. Give it to me now, give it to me cheap and give it to me for free shipping. Yeah. And then two weeks later you're shocked that it breaks. It's like, well what the fuck did you expect? Because you paid two dollars for it. So I, like I think there's a bit of a we want to try and, and change that and, and bring back to your clothes should be made. They should be, they, they should be quality. Mm -hmm. They should be made to last and you shouldn't have to go back to the store to buy two more because it's been a month since you bought the first one and it's already falling apart. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's a big part of the legacy that we do want to create is being a Canadian brand that's made in Canada, that represents local, that gives back to the community, that builds community and stands for quality and is actually trying to change what is um, quite common for fast for companies in the industry, which is fast fashion. Um, we, we've used the phrase, buy better, buy less. Uh, and we really do believe in that, right? We, we think that if you spend just a little bit more on that mm -hmm. piece of gear, on that piece of tech, on that iPhone charger that you're buying, it, it's going to last you longer. It's not going to end up in the landfill in, in a, a shorter time frame. And you're actually doing something that's better for the environment. Uh, the fashion industry is hor horrifically unsustainable in, in all their practices. So we've been exploring, you know, what type of materials are more sustainable, what type of garments we can produce that are better. We've looked into certain technologies that would help, you know, reduce the, the wash count that you need in a garment. Um, Garments take a lot of water to produce, mm -hmm. but when you look at the life cycle, two-thirds of that is actually you washing that in a machine. So if you can create a fabric or at least introduce new technology, and there's some out there, that'll help you, you know, reduce that. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that we can help bring a little bit more sustainability and a little bit more quality into the fabrics, into our gear, um, and ideally back into that fashion industry. Um, and the other, the other, I think, legacy that I would want for Local Laundry is showing other business owners, particularly in Calgary, um, but just in general, that building a community uh, alongside building a brand, like that goes hand in hand. We've often been uh, referred to as a social enterprise or people have referred to us as like socially conscious or mm -hmm. all these terms. And, and to me, I... I don't like <clears throat> I don't like being associated with the word social enterprise. 
And I, I like, I don't like that side of things. And, and for me, it's because like we're in business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is how business should be. You should be concerned with your community. You should be concerned about the environment and the footprint that you're leaving. And you should be concerned about how the impact that you're creating. And so for me, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to gravitate towards that social side. I just want to be seen as a business mm-hmm. that is doing good. Mm-hmm. And That's I intentional. think, but also profitable. Yeah. But also profitable. But I, I think it is the responsibility of every business to be doing good in the communities that they're serving. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's my kind of that's my legacy for the company that I want to try and help create. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's really cool. And I love that. And I love especially like intentional business mm-hmm. is I feel like is an, is like the new way to do business to make it profitable but also intentional and also like make it more human with connection which is really cool, so. Yeah, and not, you know, not CSR. Like, you look at Coca-Cola as an example, fantastic brand. They, they've done, you know, a tremendous amount of work on building infrastructure and all these pieces. But at the end of the day, you know, they, they sell sugar water. Mm-hmm. So it's like if, if that, you know, it, it has to go hand in hand. So you could make a, a similar example. Like, we just sell sweaters, but, you know, we're building community. We're looking at how we can make them more sustainable, and we're, we're taking that holistic approach at how we can make our company better in every facet. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for being on this show. I feel like mic thanks drop. For us. That was like a huge <laughs> mic drop. Super pumped to be on the very first talk show, D. Yeah. <laughs> the talk D- Detox. The Detox. The Daily Dose of the D, your daily dose of me, right? You know, Canadians are deficient in their vitamin daddy, in their vitamin D. Right? So good. <laughs> yeah, I love this setup, and I can't wait to share it on Instagram. It makes me very happy. But thank you so much. Thanks and for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Is there any last words you want to tell the humans? Go do it. Whatever it is. Shut just, up. Just go do it. Do it. <laughs> Shut up and go do it. Okay, yeah, love stop it. talking about it and, and get out there and do it. Yeah. Get off your ass and into your life. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Badass with a good ass. I love that. <laughs> I hope you love, love, loved that episode. You want to come hang out with me a little bit more and maybe talk some more leadership, love, and unfiltered voice, then you can go ahead and find me on social media at Danny Driuso. And I would love for you to come join me in my private Facebook community. This is where the conversation continues, okay? So I'm always in there giving you guys live trainings and information and just making sure that you guys are fully supported in your business life and leadership. Okay. It's a totally free Facebook community and you can find the link below in the show notes to come join me there. And I would love, love, love for you guys to leave me a review if you feel so moved to and let me know how you are loving these episodes. Okay. And maybe who you want to see on next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Unleash Your Voice podcast and go be bright, be bold, and be you.